Phenomenal Fan Podcast. A podcast by the fan for the fan. everybody welcome back to the phenomenal fan podcast it's been a minute it's been a minute but we're back with episode 53 my name is ryan phenomenal fan podcast by the fan for the fan that is you guys and boy oh boy do we have a lot to talk about the nfl conference championships are set they are imminent they are moments away and by moments i mean a few days but the Bengals and chiefs are rematching in the afc championship and the 49ers and the eagles are matching up in the nfc championship and before we get into all the details before we talk about what it really means for the league, let's talk about what went down to get to this point. So we know the wild card weekend happened. All the teams pretty much that were expected to win did. But last weekend was an interesting one in the world of football. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. to The Jags put up a bit of a fight. Patrick Mahomes. High ankle sprain. Eagles played the Giants, beat them 38-7. to Eagles looked like the most dominant team in the NFL over the past weekend. Bills and Bengals. Bengals beat the Bills 27-10. to Joe Burrow looked great. Um, he threw for 242, two touchdowns. 101 quarterback or a passer rating. Josh Allen, on the other hand, did not look very good. It was pouring snow. The final game of the weekend, the 49ers beat the Cowboys. 19 to 12. Dak looked horrible. 49ers defense is great. 49ers and Eagles in the NFC Championship. Bengals and Chiefs in the AFC Championship. It's going to be an absolute thriller. It's going to be. The whole Sunday slate is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Let me start with this, all right? As soon as the Bills lost, everybody, everybody took it upon themselves to absolutely annihilate Joe Burrow. Or I should say Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. As soon as the Bills lost to the Bengals, everybody jumped on the train. Well, Josh Allen, we knew he wasn't this good. Josh Allen is the number three quarterback in the NFL. If you want to get picky, Mahomes is one, Joe Burrow is two, Josh Allen is three. Brady's gone. Rodgers is gone. Who else? Uh, Matt Ryan, to- I mean, I guess I was just talking about older quarterbacks, but you get my point.
anybody that would have been in in competition with these guys when you want to talk about like best quarterbacks, right? Let's look at regular season stats. All the talk about Josh Allen. He can run. He can throw. He can do this. He can do that. And then it comes playoff time, and Josh Allen and the Bills choke. And everybody jumps on the Josh Allen hater bandwagon. Well, we knew this was coming. Well, all they've done is disappoint. Well, all this and that. Josh Allen doesn't have any... He doesn't have anybody in the backfield. Josh Allen doesn't turn around to hand the ball off to a running back. He is the running back. Yeah, they got Singletary and James Cook, but Josh Allen runs the ball just as much as those guys do, if not more. And he might be more effective as a runner than they are. And he's the quarterback, and he throws the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game. Oh, and guess what? The Buffalo Bills defense from week one until now lost more than half their guys due to injury. It's part of it. It's part of the NFL. You got to stay healthy, right? You got to play. Got to stay healthy. It is a little bit of luck on that part of it to stay healthy and make sure everybody, you know, make sure everybody can stay on the field. That's part of the league. But those people just jumping on the Josh Allen's overrated train, Josh Allen, is washed. The only part of his game that he might need to improve on just a little bit, which is super easy to fix, is that he turns the ball over a little bit too much. And this year specifically, he turned the ball over in the red zone a little bit too much. That doesn't just drop him out of the top three for NFL quarterbacks. Mahomes is one, Burroughs two, Josh Allen's three. Herbert, probably four. Jalen Hurts, five. You can mix in Tua. You can mix in uh, Trevor Lawrence. You can mix in anybody else. But the Josh Allen slander has to stop. It has to stop. All the media outlets, everybody involved that talks about sports on a consistent basis, as soon as Buffalo lost... Well, that's Josh Allen. That's what happens with his type of quarterback. What? Shut up. He's an unbelievable quarterback. Crazy athlete. The Bills just kind of got hit with the injury bug, and now they're going to wake up and realize, oh, we need a running back in the backfield with him so that he's not doing literally everything for the Buffalo Bills on offense. Everything. He does everything for the Bills. He's the type of guy where if they swapped out Josh Allen and put in a league average quarterback, they would lose six or seven more games a year. If the Bills took Josh Allen out of the offense and put in a league average quarterback, they would be an under 500 team. He is single-handedly by himself wins them games on a week in a week out basis. But all of a sudden in the snow against Joe Burrow, who is maybe a generational hall of fame type talent at quarterback, they lose the game. And Josh Allen overrated, always got overhyped. No, he's amazing. And he's the third best quarterback in the league. It's ridiculous that these people are just trashing Josh Allen.
trashing him. Nick Wright, trashing him. Colin Cowherd, trashing him. He's a freak, dude. He is a freak athlete. Freak. On the flip side of that, if Joe Burrow goes into Kansas City, granted, I know Mahomes is hurt, but if he goes into Kansas City, beats them, goes to the Super Bowl and wins it all, Joe Burrow would be the unequivocal best quarterback in the league. It wouldn't really particularly be that close. And what does that show everybody? Well, that shows everybody that nobody knew what they were talking about, including myself, when they drafted Jamar Chase instead of an offensive lineman. Because when they took Jamar Chase, I sat there and said, Joe Burrow's going to tear his ACL 13 more times in his career. Because the Bills or because uh, the Bengals just refuse to draft any sort of offensive line help around him. I, I sat back when they announced Jamar Chase as their first round pick. And I literally said, Joe Burrow is never going to play a full season in the NFL because he's just going to be getting smoked in the pocket because the Bengals refused to get him help on the offensive line. I was wrong. And everybody that said that was wrong. And it turns out as a quarterback, more than anything, they want weapons. They want guys who can go out and make plays, who can get open. And you found that very quickly with a guy like Tua, who had no weapons, didn't play well, didn't look very good. Then it gets Tyreek Hill. Then it gets Jalen Waddle. Boom. All of a sudden, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. If not top five, depending on what stats you look at. With Joe Burrow, he's had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? I'm going to think of it. T. Higgins. Dude, come on. What am I doing? Why is my brain farting right now? Tyler Boyd. Burrell's had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst now this season, Joe Mixon, who can run the hell out of the ball. Samaji Pirine is maybe the best backup running back in the entire league. And their offensive line has been here and there, middle of the pack. But it turns out if you just call the right plays and you run the right scheme, offensive line play is not the determining factor in winning and losing football games. What is the determining factor is a guy like Joe Burrow, who's nuts, drag on the ground every time he steps out on the field. There is not one situation, one play, one time where I've sat back, watched Joe Burrow run through the play and be like, oh man, he was overwhelmed. He was, what a terrible decision from Joe Burrow. That's just the classic mistake of a quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing. And even if Joe Burrow doesn't know what he's doing or he he sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He sort of, uh, what it, I'm having a hard time with words today, folks. Let me go back and say this. Even if Joe Burrow doesn't know what he's doing and he sort of improvises his way through a play, doesn't look like he's panicking. It looks like he is calm cool, collected. And Joe Burrow has done everything right in his career. Everything right. 
if you're a young kid growing up wanting to play quarterback, and let's say you have the height for it, you have the arm for it, you have the skills, you have the athleticism, but you just don't know maybe quite what it's going to take to get to the next level or to be a high-level quarterback, just follow whatever Joe Burrow does. Whatever he says, however he acts, how he plays on the field, how he treats his teammates, just follow him and you'll be in good shape. Joe Burrow right now is looking at the potential to be the greatest number one overall pick in the history of the National Football League. And I don't really think that there's any there's any doubt in that. I think people are sitting back talking about Joe Burrow right now as already the number two quarterback in the league. He's been in the league. He's played two and a half full seasons, maybe three full seasons. And then you look at him, no offense, of course, to Joe Burrow, but guy like Patrick Mahomes who just has like a video game arm and attributes and burrow has a great arm great athleticism and all these different things what burrow's got that these other quarterbacks don't seem to quite have in that that little difference maker that's led joe burrow to the point he's at right now he's got he's got that undenying unspoken confidence When you see Josh Allen get into a little bit of trouble or you see Patrick Mahomes sometimes get into a little bit of trouble or Herbert or any of these other quarterbacks that are part of this younger wave of incredibly talented quarterbacks, a lot of them do force themselves into some really, really bad throws or bad mistakes. Or they make decisions that ultimately lead to an interception, a turnover, uh, or they're just their team not winning in general. I mean, for Christ's sake, Mahomes has had, what, five straight now AFC championships? I think three or four of them have been in Kansas City. And now he's going to have another opportunity against Joe Burrow. If he gets to two Super Bowls out of five AFC championships, and then, or you know, and he loses. And Joe Burrow gets to two out of two Super Bowls. Both the times he beats Kansas City on the road. Last year, he had two road wins. This year, you'd have two road wins. Crazy. Crazy. He's an absolute freak. I mean, he, he's a freak. Joe Burrow's a freak in the best possible form of the word the best possible form on the flip side in the NFC the Eagles are playing the Giants Brock Purdy isn't gonna lose apparently ever he hasn't lost a game since he started in the NFL but I think the difference here is Brock Purdy and the situation that he gets put on put in in a consistent basis uh, for San Francisco. 
And let me go back and say a couple things about how the 49ers got there because they beat the Dallas Cowboys, right? They beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. The Cowboys yet again hadn't got to a conference championship game, yet again didn't get to a Super Bowl. I saw the question I saw the question posed on ESPN, who had a more disappointing season? Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? I don't think this is even particularly close in discussions. Dak Prescott had the much more disappointing season. Take the injuries out of it. The guy led the league in picks, and he missed five games. Led the league in interceptions. Dak Prescott was clearly not the reason that the Cowboys were as good as they were because their defense was amazing. Cooper Rush stepped in in his absence and did just as well, if not better, on a game-by-game average than Dak Prescott did. Josh Allen is the reason the Buffalo Bills are where they were. He's the reason why. He literally carried the Buffalo Bills with a minimal to slightly average run game. Yeah, they got digs. Yeah, they had, you know, Dawson Knox. I get it. But the Buffalo Bills defense was dropping like flies. They were giving up more and more and more points as the season went on and losing more and more guys to injury. Meanwhile, the Cowboys were staying healthy. Their defense was playing at an incredibly high level. And the Cowboys offense with Dak was abysmal, abysmal. And it's not just the statistical analysis of Dak Prescott, because we could sit back and say he led the league in interceptions. uh, His quarterback rating was really low. His passer rating was really low. His completion percentage wasn't good. All these different things that you can use to quantify and measure a quarterback success. Also, if you just watch the games and you watch the throws that Dak Prescott is making, it's like cringeworthy. Like, you see him pull the trigger on some of these throws. One of the interceptions he threw against San Francisco. And it was like an out route to Michael Gallup or a, a little sideline curl. And the defensive back was not just covering the receiver. He jumped the route, was standing in front of the receiver, basically as Dak was letting go of the ball. Like, the type of throw that not just... Uh, a quarterback in the NFL shouldn't make, but a quarterback of his quote-unquote caliber who's demanding and asking for 40-plus million a year. He sits there a couple off-seasons ago and is demanding that if his contract extension talks are going to get any further with the Cowboys, that he gets 40 million a year, 50 million a year, whatever it is. Obviously, he's not going to get that. And then he comes out against Tampa Bay. He plays One good game. Dak Prescott played literally one good game against the Tampa Bay fraud Caneers, the most fraudulent playoff team I've ever seen. And everybody's just just crowning Dak Prescott. He's back. He's the man. He's the king. Dak is so good. And then he played a real defense in San Francisco and looked like a Pop Warner quarterback was just throwing balls directly to the other team. Missing open receivers. Yeah, you know, 49ers defense was really good. The pass rush is good. Dak didn't have a lot of time. But he looked incredible against Tampa Bay. And the real true measure of a quarterback, of how good they are, 
is when they face significant adversity. When they are not in a favorable matchup or a favorable situation, how do they perform? And with Dak Prescott on a consistent basis, week in and week out, every time Dak Prescott faces a situation where he is under pressure and it's not favorable, he doesn't just play lower than normal. He plays so poorly. He folds like a lawn chair. So if I'm Dallas and I want to win a Super Bowl, I trade Dak Prescott or I do something to get him off the roster, get some value back in return and open myself up at the position and uh, through the salary cap. I open myself up through the open quarterback position and through salary cap to sign somebody else that will show up in high adversity situations because every single time the Cowboys are playing from behind or they need the quarterback to step up and make a big play. Dak doesn't just not do that. He folds in half, in half, and makes horrible, horrible, horrible decisions. And no, he's not visibly panicking. He's not visibly, like, freaking out, right? He's not, like, he's not like losing his cool, but it's very apparent that he com- is completely discompobulated when he has pressure on him, when... He's facing a good pass rush or a good coverage in the secondary. He just folds. He just folds. So if I'm Dallas, I'm not only moving on from Dak Prescott, I'm finding a way to get him out of the... I'm finding a way to get him off the roster to open up the quarterback position, open up space in the salary cap to get somebody else in there, pay a little bit extra if you have to, and make sure that we have a quarterback who doesn't fold in half every single time we run into an opponent with an actual serviceable defense. Otherwise, the Cowboys are just going to lose in the second round of the playoffs every year until the end of time, which it seems like that's what has happened for the last two decades. On the flip side, San Francisco takes them down. They have historically good defense. They got weapons galore. I think them playing the Eagles is going to be an incredible matchup. It's going to be an incredible matchup. Two teams with high-level defenses, two teams with weapons galore, versatility on the offensive side of the ball, right? Jalen Hurts obviously can pass. He can run. Brock Purdy's not quite the most dynamic runner in the NFL, but the fact is he's at quarterback, and his options are Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, the, the the list of just dudes for San Francisco is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, look at the guys that ran the ball for them against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Elijah Mitchell, four, 14 carries for 51 yards. McCaffrey, 10 carries for 35 and a touchdown. Debo, four carries for 11. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback on short yardage situations. Why not? One carry for eight yards. Brock Purdy scrambled a couple times. That's five different guys that carried the football. How about receivers? Kittle, Debo, Jawan Jennings, Ayuk, McCaffrey. Guys not included in there. Rayburn McLeod. And those other running backs we talked about can catch the ball out of the backfield too. They're so loaded. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But here's my point on this situation, okay? Nobody is saying Brock Purdy is bad. 
And nobody's saying Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. But I think if you take if you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy and you pull them off of the 49ers roster and you plug them in in somewhere like let's say Jacksonville or you plug them in let's say Detroit or you plug them in uh you plug them in on the Chargers you take Jimmy G, you take Brock Purdy, you pull them off the team, you pull them out of the San Francisco 49ers offensive scheme with the weapons and the situation they're in. You put them in Atlanta, you put them in Chicago, you put them in on the Chargers, on the Panthers. Not only are those guys like bad, they're like really, really bad. And that's the situation with Baker Mayfield. You take Baker Mayfield, or I bring that up because of the Panthers, you could take and almost any other quarterback from any one of the other teams in the NFL, pull them off their team, place them in the San Francisco 49ers offensive scheme at quarterback, and they'd have the same success as Brock Purdy. Baker Mayfield would have gone undefeated if he'd have joined the San Francisco 49ers when he became a free agent. He would have. They'd be in the exact same position they are right now, if not maybe a better position. You'd have put up the same number of points. The 49ers defense still would have been incredible. So I'm not sitting here telling you Brock Purdy's bad or he doesn't deserve the credit because, yes, he is undefeated. But at the end of the day, the 49ers could win football games with almost, almost anybody at quarterback in the current offensive scheme that they're running and the defense they have on the other side of the ball. That's no disrespect to Brock Purdy. It's not. It's, I'm not really not trying to disrespect him because he is a good quarterback. He's made some really good plays. And he's shown that he definitely belongs at the NFL level. Definitely. Definitely. That being said, they're taking on a team in Philadelphia, literally and figuratively, in Philadelphia, like actually in the city of Philadelphia, but they're taking on a team in Philadelphia that dominates on both sides of the ball, plays incredibly well on both sides of the ball, mistake-free for the most part on both sides of the ball. The spread is at two and a half for Philadelphia. They're favored by two and a half. I think the determining factor in this game basically is home field advantage. Because I think the Eagles, the, the Eagles have a slightly better offense than the 49ers, slightly better, but the 49ers have a slightly better defense than the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is definitely a better quarterback, but the 49ers have more offensive weapons. Quarterback play is one of the most determining, uh, one of the most important determining factors when it comes to winning in the NFL. So when it's all said and done, I think the Eagles take down the 49ers just based on home field advantage, momentum, and I think Brock Purdy finally shows us that it's it's not just enough to be completely loaded all the way around uh, with weapons. You need to have 
high-level quarterback play against a dynamic defense like the Philadelphia Eagles. Because honestly, the best defense he had played uh, since he started was Dallas, and he only put up 19. And the Eagles' defense is better than the Cowboys' defense by, or at least the same, comparable. Uh, actually, you know, I'm curious to see team defensive leaders. There you go. Complete leaders in yards allowed per game. Oh, this is postseason. 2022 regular season. If we could, please. Twenty twenty two regular season. Yep. Wanna talk about yards allowed per game? One and two, San Francisco and Philadelphia. One and two. The Eagles defense is better than the Cowboys defense. And Brock Purdy scored 19 points against the Cowboys. If he scores 19 or fewer against Philadelphia, they're definitely going to lose that game. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And this is the last thing I'll say as we wrap up this episode here of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode 53. And thank you for tuning in. This is the last thing I'll say. There is so much emphasis put on quarterbacks, 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 quarterbacks. How good is it? How good is he? How good are they? How good is this? How good is that? If I am a team, if I'm a team that's been bad and gets a high draft pick, and is thinking about, oh, what quarterback am I going to take to help my team out? Or what offensive players, or what am I going to do to help my team out? You don't, how should I phrase this without sounding crazy? You don't need a good quarterback to win in the National Football League. You absolutely don't. Who are the two teams in the NFL right now that are number one and number two in yards allowed per game on defense? San Francisco is one, Philadelphia is two. Yes, Jalen Hurts has played really well this year. Yes, they have a plethora of weapons on the offensive side of the ball for Philadelphia. Same can be said for San Francisco. Yes, they have a ton of offensive weapons. Yes, Brock Purdy has played pretty well, pretty mistake-free, made a lot of smart decisions. But football is the ultimate complimentary game in all sports. The ultimate complimentary game. Every single year, Tom Brady, or I should say this, every single year Brady was on the New England Patriots, the defense for the New England Patriots would be in the top seven to top five in defensive rankings for points allowed and yards allowed and passing yards allowed, all these different things. Points allowed. And everyone's like, well, Tom Brady's got great defense and Belichick's a great defensive coach. No, it's because Brady was the ultimate clock managing 
game managing quarterback in the history of the sport. He'd run the clock down, first down, second down, third down, first down, second down, third down, first down, second down, third down, first down. Next thing you know, nine and a half minutes come off the clock in the first quarter and the defense for the Patriots hasn't even played yet. No shit. They're not giving up a lot of points. They play five drives a game. Even if you give up a touchdown on half your drives or more, you're giving up like 20 points a game, which is really good. On the flip side, the defensive side of the ball for both the Eagles and the 49ers is as good as it gets in the NFL this season. Literally yards allowed per game. San Francisco is ranked first. Philadelphia is ranked second. Yes, Jalen Hurts is good. Yes, the offensive side of the football for the Eagles has a lot of guys that can make dynamic plays. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. I know. I know that they have a lot of playmakers, which only helps the fact that the defensive side of the football for the Eagles is so good that it helps the offense out significantly. Significantly. And vice versa for the 49ers. Because the 49ers on offense could have an unproductive drive or only get one first down and then have to punt the ball away. And when they punt the ball away, literally not one person on the bench for San Francisco, especially in the offensive huddle or, you know, the offensive side of the ball coming off the field. Literally not one of them is like, oh man, we needed to hold on to the ball longer there. Give our defense a shot. Give ourselves. No, it's like, oh, well, I guess we couldn't get it done on offense. Well, I mean, our defense is unbelievable. So we really have nothing to worry about. And like I said before, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. He's played really well, but they would have had the same success with a lot of different quarterbacks in the league. A lot of different quarterbacks in the league. Take over half the quarterbacks around the National Football League, pull them off the team they're on, plop them into the San Francisco 49ers offensive scheme in place of Brock, Brock Purdy. Let me let me put it this. No, that's the right way to put it. I was going to say it differently. But let me put it. That's the right way to say it. Take 75% of the quarterbacks in the National Football League, pull them off the team they're on, Plop them in to the San Francisco 49ers offensive scheme in place of Brock Purdy. And they have the same, if not more success than Brock Purdy has seen in his short time as a starter in the National Football League. 100% unequivocally think that that's the case. Could take a ton of different guys. There's only about a handful in the NFL where you're like, ah, this guy stinks. He wouldn't be very good in that scheme. But the way the offensive scheme set up for San Francisco with McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings. It is so loaded that all Brock Purdy has to do is make sure he doesn't fumble, hand the ball off to one of the other playmakers, throw a screen, throw a slant, and occasionally hit a receiver down the field in a situation where a lot of times they're pretty open. It's not like some miracle over-the-shoulder 65-yard toss off of one leg. Typically... It's to a player that doesn't have a lot of defensive presence around him down the field. It doesn't mean Brock Purdy is not a good quarterback. It doesn't mean he's not executing because he's clearly executing. 
But on the defensive side of the ball, Brock Purdy, let me just say this. Brock Purdy was set up for success instantly. And a lot of credit has to be given to Kyle Shanahan, has to be given to the offensive coordinator, the offensive scheme that they decide to roll with in San Francisco. But ultimately, I think the Eagles beat them. And I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a really fun, entertaining weekend of NFL football. If I had to give my predictions, I do think the Bengals win. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I think it's going to be a battle, just like it was last year in the AFC Championship. But Mahomes isn't going to be quite as dynamic as he can be with a healthy ankle, where he can throw balls on the run, he can scramble a little bit, he can run for yards if he absolutely needs to, throw balls across his body, get flushed out of the pocket. Burrow does all those things. Maybe not at the same level as Mahomes, because Mahomes is an absolute freak of nature, uh, but Burrow's going to be able to do it at a higher level because of the health, right? I also just think the Eagles at home against San Francisco, the at-home factor is huge. Brock Purdy under pressure in a hostile environment is huge. Um, I think, I think, This is the last thing I will say. Actually. No, we'll leave it at that because we don't know for sure. I was about to say San Francisco, they decided, it sounds like they've already decided on Brock Purdy to be their quarterback for the future over a guy like Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I was going to say that that's a mistake, but I don't know. Maybe he goes into Philadelphia and beats the Eagles and goes on to win the Super Bowl. Then I'd be like, dude, this guy's legit. But who knows? Who knows? Either way, hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 52, 53, 53 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Again, my name is Ryan. If you guys enjoyed it, be sure to check us out. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, all the above, none of the above, either way. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because we dove into all of it. Gave kind of our hot takes, more of a ranting, opinionated episode than maybe some others. Doesn't really matter to me because I wanted you guys to know how I look at it, how my perception of the league is. And I think the way I'm looking at it and perceiving that this situation is uh, very similar to the rest of the league. It's very similar to the rest of the the people that are involved and watch football consistently. So like I said, hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 53 of the phenomenal fan podcast. Episode 54 will most likely be out after the conference championship games. Super Bowl matchup will be set. We'll have a lot of things to talk about. have a lot of bets to talk about, have a lot of markets to talk about, have a lot of plays, people, sports, and other things. We'll talk some basketball next episode, hopefully, and eventually some baseball. We're going to be bordering out on February. February is the month where pitchers and catchers report. We also have Between the Stitches, our baseball-only show. If you guys aren't familiar with that, go check it out. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.